welcome to uh, the pod people, uh, America's premier uh, horror podcast. I'm uh, Matisse Van Rossum, and I've got a bad case of the vocal fry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Japanese expert Ben Sheets. I'm, uh, you know, getting back from Christmas break and putting on some weight. I'm being haunted by a thing called the girth. <laughs> they call me Cleveland Mosier. <laughs> Cleveland the girth Mosier. Sure. That is what we've always known you as ever since I, you were a wee lad. I wish, honestly. Well, as much as we wish we could stay back in 2019 with such classic films as The Lighthouse and Daniel Isn't Real... We have to accept the reality that 2020 is officially here. It is real. And how do you start a new year? With fuck you, it's January, of course. (laughs) How better? Fuck you! Fuck you! Well, we're not ringing in the new year. We're grudging in the new year. (laughs) Because you're the ring. It's a similar movie. I I get it. Just making sure. We got it. Um, Yeah, today we're talking about our first film of 2020, which is The New Grudge, uh, written and directed by Nicholas Pesce, Pesce, almost Joe Pesci, but not quite. I kind of wish that they'd got the, the route of like the soft reboot retitling where the movie was just called Grudge. Oh, well, they dropped the the. the yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, dude, you're right. That's what they should have done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie stars some people, some familiar, some unfamiliar. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, it's about a ghost in a house. Um, ghosts. Ghosts in a yeah, house. Uh, Andrea Riseborough is in it. Uh, she was obviously Mandy yes. of Mandy. John Cho is in it. Small part by Frankie Faison. Always mm-hmm. nice to see him. Oh, yeah. National Love. treasure right there. True. Yeah, well, uh, Ben, as our resident Japanese expert, <laughs> self-proclaimed, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Grudge? So, originally it started out as one of the... 90s J-Horror staples, you know? Yes. Alongside The Ring and The Eye and One Miss Call. And Pulse. And Pulse, um, which turned into a trend of American remakes in the early 2000s. Uh, most notably, The Grudge in 04. I think it starred Sarah Michelle Gellar. That sounds right, yeah. Um, but yeah, this new one, uh, the the whole premise of The Grudge is if someone is killed in a fit of rage, it curses the area the death happened at, essentially. <laughs> and I guess it can travel, too, because why not? Well, the idea is it lasts with you forever. You can't escape it. So once you're in that house, you're haunted forever. Right. It's it's stuck to you. Um, there is no escape. Much so, like this movie. Yeah, there is no escape. There was no escape from this movie. Uh, as we mentioned briefly last week, none of us have seen any of the other Grudge films. Not Juon, the original Japanese one, nor the 2004 remake, which uh, was uh, directed by 
the same guy who did the Japanese mm-hmm. version. He did do the American remake. I think he directed the sequels as well. Uh, the second one, not the third one. Mm. I didn't know there was a third one. I'm not surprised. There's a, There's a bunch of them. Mm. We're all bad on this blessed day. None of us did the homework. For once, it's not just me coming to the podcast uh, with yeah. less well, I mean, film we buffery at hand. We didn't want to do a second episode cramming three movies in and... You know, maybe we want to talk about those other ones in the future on the podcast, so we didn't want to, you know, watch them beforehand just for our own information, so we all went into this one completely fresh. I mean, outside of the obvious, I think, uh, grudge references that have seeped into the pop horror culture. Well, I, I think that's a good thing, honestly. I think it's more interesting that we're all going from the same perspective. Yeah. right. So you're, you're not going to get a nostalgic take, so I think, I think there's still plenty beneficial we can bring to yeah the table well i was i was definitely I nervous want to see it i was nervous going into this one because i had seen that it had gotten really bad reviews and i think when we were driving back up the other day cleve you mentioned you saw that it was like the 20th film to receive uh, uh an f rating on cinema scores well, yeah. which is not always a bad thing i will say cinema score is way different in my opinion than uh, whether a film oh, yeah, is sure. good or not. Like, there's certainly been some fucking duds with F ratings, but there's been some highly rated movies that are bad or s- movies with bad cinema scores that are actually good. Sure. I I use that more as, like, a marker that this movie was going to make me feel strongly about it one way or the other. Like, if it's going to be given an F on cinema scores, like, that's a pretty vitriolic reaction, so... That actually, it actually surprises me yeah. that it got an F. And, well, especially in hindsight, me too. Because I think that this movie was pretty okay for what it was. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was pretty I, solid. I didn't hate it. I didn't really love it either. Um, With some trepidations, I think it's a very okay movie. Yeah, what it does well, what I liked about it, I liked a lot. Like, I thought it was quite fun. Uh, well, and yeah. what I didn't like was fairly inoffensive and didn't, like, piss me off or anything terrible. No, nothing... There's nothing, like, yeah, like, really showing. Nothing ever, like, really irritated me. And at times I wished that it had almost, because especially in the second half... I found myself getting really bored. You just wanted to feel something. And I was I was almost <laughs> I was almost longing for it to get really stupid. So, so you, I could, you had something to loathe at least. Right. Yeah. Or or at least laugh at. But instead it just like even up to the end, I was just kinda like, Okay, I guess. Everything that happens. What I will say is I think that what it lacks in originality, it makes up for in style. Yes. Yes. I I think wholehearted. Uh, the Agreed. aesthetic of this movie is really strong. I I saw uh, Sam Raimi's uh, name was on the production of this, yeah, which is really interesting producer. because it almost seems like a trend in the movies he's produced in the last decade between Evil Dead and Don't Breathe and this one, where it's all about getting those really grimy, uh, dilapidated aesthetics in yeah. terms of production design. And that carried over in this movie, but I think to its benefit... Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I think a uh, quick sidebar on on Sam Raimi producing this. An interesting trend about the films he produces as well are a lot of them are 
young filmmakers with only one or two other movies under their belt when he picks up their stuff. So it's nice to see that he is like paying attention to smaller indie filmmakers and giving them an opportunity to shine. I think that's certainly the case with Fede Alvarez and Don't Breathe. Um, and, uh, Nicholas Pesce, or however you pronounce his name, like, The Eyes of My Mother, the film he did before this, is, like, a highly atmospheric, super creepy indie art house horror movie. And I feel like somebody saw that movie and was like, oh yeah, let's put this guy onto our grudge reboot. I went through the whole movie thinking that like there's no way he wrote it because I think he I, he's a better writer than this movie, but he he sure does have the, the main well, writing credit on this movie. I, I'm so at odds with the script because... A lot of the expository dialogue I just thought was bad. Yeah. I think as a whole, the concept of the grudge is interesting and kind of unique. Yeah, totally. Um, especially how it grasps on to people specifically that enter the house. I found that stuff really interesting. And I think he did a somewhat good job of not dumbing it down too much. I thought there was a bit much expository dialogue at times. The The biggest thing I had with it is I feel like a lot of the script seemed worse because of the editing choices. I wasn't a big fan of the non-linearity of it either. It felt unnecessarily convoluted for a movie like this. Yeah, or at least like an attempt to make it feel deeper than it might actually like be. Like the multiple storylines that took place over at different times, like over the course of three years I, and then cutting back and forth between them. I would have been a lot more okay with it if the transitions weren't so jarring yeah. between them. Like the big, like, 2004, like, like filling the screen and, like, location, like, over the top of it was... But if they were a little bit more... In- a little jarring. A little bit more cleanly interconnected to... Like- I'd be willing to bet in the original script that the storyline with the, the husband and wife was just intercut and you didn't realize it was during a different timeline. And that was played up as, like, a surprise. Well, yeah, I mean, like, this movie I bet in the was, cut, and then it just didn't translate in editing or this something. This movie and it was, was a in development hell for a while. Yeah, you know, and something like that. And could, so could I'm do sure it. a lot of that came out of just scream studio interference. Know, yeah, to me. being mulled over a little too much. Yeah, but that would be my guess. Like just after watching the film, what I'll say is I think that a lot of the dialogue was saved by acting. Uh, and and decent delivery. If if lesser actors had 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 that that same dialogue to work with, it could have been rough. Like some of the scenes could have been way worse than they mm-hmm. were. Yeah, uh, I think the only legitimately bad actor was the little boy, and thankfully he didn't have wow, many, yeah, have very many lines. Yeah. Like, and I know that one at the end, like it's a, it's a the twist is it's not the boy, it's the ghost. Yeah, but like still, still like, like still, it doesn't make the ghost scary. I tell you what, no, like. Uh, no, he was totally flat. Comically, in that yeah. last bit. Mm-hmm. Like, it was... Anyone could get a better cut, mom, get a better take out of that kid. I'm scared. Right, what the fuck was that? No <laughs> fear in the voice. Like, you don't sound scared at all. Like, you could you could fix that in post. Like, just, just, just like, do, do audio over the top of it. Like, like what, there's no excuse. I don't understand. I agree with you, though, that I think the acting is pretty solid otherwise. Yes. Yeah, I yeah, would agree 100%. Like, wonderful at times. Like, yeah, I, uh, I think it elevates it at times. I think... For example, the the detective that was originally on the case 
that went insane was a oh, yeah. super well done character you know like going to the insane asylum and seeing him you know strapped down just his face like utterly mutilated that whole that whole scene had like such heavy silence of the lambs shades for me well i mean her walking down the hallway and seeing the other inmates and then is, when she's leaving is, they're all banging on the walls i was waiting yeah. to see arthur fleck like, and his and his them. face is fucked up <laughs> like gary oldman's character in hannibal i don't know maybe i was just thinking about it because i saw frankie face no like it's almost like like borderline not an homage at, at, at that point i think it was trying a little too hard to I, I think it was i think that was one of the more fun set pieces though or i'm like okay yeah. yeah i can i can get on board with this um i i want to talk a little bit about one of my bigger problems uh conceptually with the whole thing broad strokes sure. i think that the americanization of this premise does not work it's nowhere well. near as scary because yes. I, I haven't seen the, the 2004 American remake, but I know it still takes place in Japan. It's the, the character is living in Japan. The grudge and the whole idea of that, that the curse aesthetic. and it's so like inherently Japanese and mm-hmm. like based on like Japanese folklore and stuff like that. And that's what makes it unique and creepy. And I think they did a really bad job of translating that in this movie. I think the ghosts, were really boring. Yeah. Well, one of the interesting things to me is I feel like they didn't separate it enough because mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff they did that was original and not so clung to the idea of spooky long-haired ghost lady yeah. was good. It was interesting. Like the the people going insane. Yeah. That stuff was really dark and it was pretty well handled. Yeah, handled. It, it, yeah, really uh, interesting, gritty stuff. It's where we see long hair ghost lady all the time, and the husband ghost I thought looked really bad. At least not scary. And the little girl ghost too. Also, I didn't think generic. any. Yeah, I thought they were all super generic. They looked like a dozen spooky ghosts from a dozen bad straight to Netflix horror movies that you'd see nowadays. And there's nothing about them visually that stands out. I think, and I and I think that the original Grudge did that really well. I think it, it does it better than than most. It's it's hard to speak for it having not seen it, but th- what familiarity I do have with the grudge. Um I've seen scenes from Exactly, the grudge, like yeah. is is more horrifying than anything I saw in this film. Agreed. And to be fair, like there's also the the element of like me being in seventh grade watching Conan late at night and them doing a clip from The Grudge and it's scaring the living hell out of me when I was but a wee lad. And, like, I still have that scene pretty, like, burned into my head. And I didn't even watch half of it. Like, I remember, like, closing my eyes and just still hearing the, ah, you know, sound and, like, it really, like, freaking me out. And and it can be hard to compete with, like, that childlike imagination of something scary. But still i i think that yeah the jump scares are like just another like corpse head face you know that we've seen a thousand times before is kind of well and see a here's, detriment here's the thing about this movie i feel like it could just as easily not be the grudge and worked just as quote-unquote well yes. as it did this is a haunted house it, yeah i don't think there's anything about it 
that screamed grudge to me, except yeah. for except for the sound, the ghost sounds. Well, I mean, also just like the term grudge. Like when I think back over this movie, I never have like a deep sense of like an unbridled like hatred and rage and anger at someone. A sense of unfinished business. Yeah, yeah you right? don't it's you don't get that ghosts, feeling. It's, it's just, just being ghosts, haunted yeah. by spookies. Yeah, I, I, the title's important. Like you know, achieve the theme. Well, it's interesting because similar to you guys, you know, I haven't seen either one of the grudges. So my point of reference for this movie that I kept going back to was the Ring remake. Oh, yeah. The Gore Verbinski Ring movie. Did you see the Ring, the early 2000s one? I didn't, but it rings a bell. Go on, Ben. (laughs) Well, that movie is... Quite good, in my opinion. Um, I think it's decent. And yeah. it it's very similar in how it kind of uh, slowly builds its sense of dread and atmosphere. The thing that that movie does where this movie kind of fails is it has a sense of restraint. It knows not to just barrage you with nonsensical jump scares that don't really have much build to them. And I think it's the better for it. I think, honestly, if you cut all of the cheap jump scares out of this movie, it would be all the better for it. And I think it so. would be just as coherent, honestly. Well, that's the you thing. Do you all I think... think that that was also maybe an executive yes, probably, decision? Yes, yeah. probably. Because like, they, they, did, they didn't have any semblance to the scenes most of the time. Because well, the, the thing is, like, to make a comparison to the eyes of my mother, like, that movie doesn't have any jump scares as far as i know yeah. it's all atmosphere and i think that the atmospheric stuff in this movie was the best i would even say that i was liking the movie uh you know for the first 30 to 45 minutes i thought the build-up was really good it, it was creepy uh there was a lot of like really dark spooky moments and then like the action kicked off and it just alternated between exposition and a scene of somebody uh walking around a room in complete silence for about a minute and then jump scare yeah and then exposition and then somebody walking around a quiet room for a minute and then jump scare uh repeat until the end of the movie mm-hmm. yeah and it's so frustrating because there's so many i think there's a lot of really effective sequences in this movie where they're legitimately scary for example yeah, the let's first talk time we see uh mrs matheson i think it is uh yes. where andrea riseborough goes oh, yeah. into the house for the first time she goes in and sees mrs matheson like cackling laughing and we only see her back at the counter like cutting something mm-hmm. it's a really disturbing scene the uh the aesthetic is so grimy in that house at that point she turns around she has blood on her you don't know what it's from really she's just off in her delivery and performance she does a great job in this yeah she's one of the standouts uh it's nice to see her uh actually giving a decent performance uh what is that actress's name she's fucking uh we we called her droopy dog when we were talking about insidious (sighs) Uh, Lin Shay. Lin Shay, yes. Yeah. Uh, I will still refer to her as Droopy Dog, though. Uh, <laughs> I think she's much better in this movie than in Insidious, The Last Key. I thought she was one of the creepier parts. That scene is maybe the spookiest scene in the movie, I think. Her delivery is really good, and like the reveal that she's been like cutting off her fingers and stuff. Gross. Yeah. 
This is like foreshadowed earlier because we see her hand as a spooky ghost and her fingers are missing. I think uh, when it comes to the acting, like I, I really liked uh, like Frankie Faison's monologue largely because the dialogue wasn't very good and he turned it around. That's one of my exemplary moments for that when he does the whole like what a grudge is and how he thinks that maybe there's hope for his house. I thought it was fun. And I, and I, I wish, honestly, there had been a little bit more of that, like him trying to make a good thing out of this haunted horror situation. Yeah, I would have liked to see him be a little bit more manic, I think, because mm. uh, it, it's like... It's a good idea. This, it and, is a good mm. idea, and like the stuff that we've seen up till this point is like there's no way you can see any of that and think like, oh yeah, this is positive. You know, and be sane. Yeah. So I, I wish well, you that- almost get like scared for him because like it's kind of a hippy dippy like like philosophy to have, well, and like you could believe someone like feeling there, that way. There's about a the desperation to it. Yeah, honestly, you know, like he wants to be with his wife. You know, cognizant, cognizant so badly, yeah, that he's willing to look beyond the horrors in front of him, right? And his, his so like his character was like pretty compelling, and he gets killed like off screen in the next scene, and it's like, yeah, right, like like I don't know, there's just some wasted potential there, I think. Yeah, nothing ever comes of of that interesting moment. Yeah, you know, and that could have been cool. Just, like, he's just dead after that because there's a good idea in that. Yeah, why don't we talk about the like the props and effects? Okay. Because yeah. Sure, one thing I wanted to give the movie like big points for is the desiccated corpse in the car. It looked awesome. Like, yeah, it, it really did. Yeah. A great way to lead in because like we've all seen like the detectives coming up on a corpse before, but like the way it was like grown over and rotted, like it looked great. Like it was their, a really well their made. Their effects prop. house was really good. I mean, they showed up later in the the house with Mrs. Matheson. We get that shot where it turns to the TV. And uh, the body oh, is sitting, yeah, body, yeah. Oh, sitting the in front of the, the maggots. And there's like maggots in his face. Yeah, look great. Yeah, they they have a great sense of detail. Uh, yeah. The effects artists in this movie. I was mm. glad to see as many practical effects as we did for yeah. the horror stuff, and I was pleasantly surprised by how gory the movie was. It was really gruesome. Some of the deaths did not necessarily feel deserved, I guess. Little in this movie felt uh, burned. Yeah, that that's what I mean, basically. But I think that effects-wise, a, a lot of it was really mm. good. Like, at the very end, when Mrs. Mathis is in the, the insane asylum and she jumps down the staircase to her death, that's uh, another... Oh, the splat! Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, how when about she, that she hits the the banister first, and like it snaps her neck, yeah. and you can just see her head like ragdolling as she, and then hits the ground. And yeah, it's like a like a killer like bloodburst. Uh, I thought one that was of, really good. One of the best like fall deaths I've just about ever seen, effects wise. Like it was it, wretched. It in was a way, horrifying. like that's one thing I appreciate in this movie is they really didn't skimp out on how gruesome it is. You yeah. know, yeah. In no a movie punches were of pulled this kind. It would be easy for them to make this PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think know? like The Ring and the Grud- two thousand four Grudge. I think all of those movies are PG thirteen. Uh, I went into this one assuming it was PG-13, so I was pleasantly surprised by the R rating. And I mean, in a movie like this where, like, especially in the second half, I'm just getting so fucking bored, like, it's nice to still have my attention, like, perked up a little bit by, like, some good effects and gore. Let me ask y'all a question. Do y'all think that they could have just 
cut John Cho's and his wife's whole storyline and the movie would have been fine without it? Uh, no, be- only because I really liked the lighting in the this, the murder scene. I thought it looked really good, and it was very anime, the way his glasses, okay, like, shone in the dark. Okay, I thought that was aesthetic, super fun. Aesthetic aside... It's like, like my favorite shot in the movie. Aesthetic aside, the aesthetic is solid throughout the movie. I agree with that. He looked I'm, like Hacker Man. It was I'm great. Talking, I'm talking about from a narrative perspective to try to make the movie a little bit less convoluted. To make it a little leaner. A no, little bit, a little bit they, leaner, they, a little bit more concise. They didn't really I, tie it in. Their story has no impact on the rest of the film. I think I think you could have fixed it in the in editing. I think if you'd reshuffled it a little bit and, like, given it more semblance for as much screen time as it took, uh, that, that's part of the issue is, like, it did, like like you are saying, like, why you'd want to cut it is because it took up a pretty big deal of screen time. Yeah. You see them with the kid, and the, it doesn't the doctor, really, and, and it all that. it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't really No, it's just another, like... The overarking story. And it's they're just bodies. another grudge. They're yeah. bodies, yeah. They're, they're just another contributing factor to the spooky ghost. But if, yeah, if they'd had semblance, if, like, her detectiving, you know, like had started to come across them and we didn't realize that they were in a different timeline and her trying to reach out and contact them before it's too late. There could have been something that would have there. That more interesting, Like, I think, there yeah. could have been intrigue that tied in with our, our core storyline better than just they were also part of the house. But as it stands, they didn't do any of that, and I th- and I think that because of that... You could remove it, and the movie would just be. Like, oh yeah, you absolutely sure. could. On the, on the flip you side, you wouldn't lose much. I outside think. of aesthetics, what did you think of the set piece where he went to the house uh, and met the little girl, and she started bleeding? Oh, well, um, campy. A little bit campy. I liked it when he took her inside, and he's uh, leaving a message with her dad. Is like, hey, I just mouth. found your, I just found your daughter. Is like, yeah, she had a little bit of a bloody nose, but she's okay now. And it just cuts to her and just like spewing blood out of her mouth. <laughs> that did make me laugh a little bit. Yeah, well, because it's like, who's the ghost doing that for, other than the right. audience? Well, I mean, also, <laughs> yeah. the ghost, and then after that, the ghost like fell asleep on the couch for several hours. Yep. I thought that was an interesting I mean, ghost, choice. I guess go- ghosts. Have have to nap too i guess yeah well he's just sitting there like if you were alone with him in the house for hours did you have to wait until it was nighttime to do the spookies we've seen the ghosts do spookies in the daytime before that so there are no rules (laughs) no rules whatsoever i didn't really get why she felt like burning the house down would save her because like she'd seen the ghost outside of the house like loads of times yeah in her own house multiple times well just because she went to the crazy detective in the asylum and he said we should have just burned the house down and she latched onto that for some reason i don't know why she was surprised right like the whole point of the grudge sure it's the source but like clearly it can leave but you're right but it's not the source she figured like in her own research she discovered that the lady brought it back with her from japan yep so we know that that house is not the source why did she think burning the house down would... that was her character who found that piece of information yeah yeah, yeah she rough. found that that's rough oh, yeah i on. guess we should also say that this is more of a soft reboot of the grudge because i i think it, i guess it just is straight up a sequel to the the 2004 version well it looks like the because we the see the house the beginning are the highest build junko bailey uh is the kayako ghost well, yeah, that's the ghost. Uh, is well, it's the ghost at the very beginning. But is she throughout the rest of the? I'm pretty film? sure she's the ghost yeah. throughout the whole thing. But mm-hmm. but are you looking at IMDb? Sometimes yeah. they do it in order of appearance. Oh, 
which would make sense if Fiona Landers is the top build because we had that weird scene. The first scene in the movie yeah. where she's looking at the trash. And outside, so outside the house from the original. Garage. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the ghost is in the trash, and then it latches onto her there and comes back to America. And that's another reason why I think that you really don't have an excuse for, like, how lazily they Americanize the thing. Because in the film, the ghost even comes from Japan, so it's still, like, a Japanese ghost. You can still do all of, like, the cool Japanese folklore stuff. Yep. Or or just do anything else. Like, I think if if they'd had more stuff like the desic- that looked like the desiccated corpses as the jump scares, at least it would have been kind of creative yeah. and fun. But just getting the same, like, lazy, like, spooky man with a little bit of, you know, like, the case of, like, steak face. It's not That's, nearly as scary. No, at all. Like, steak face man and uh, hair lady and uh, girl. Those are the ghosts. Yeah, I didn't find enough. I didn't find any of the ghosts particularly scary. At least they were well lit. The lighting yeah, was oh, front I, to back. The lighting was, was great. The cinematography was great all around. It's, that, it's good to look at. That remind me a lot of the the sort of cinematic sensibilities of the eyes of my mother. Um, I loved the color palette in this movie. Yeah, too. yeah. It, Everything very was like beigey, yeah, brown, orange, like super heavy, like tungsten lighting. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it, at, it felt like like a cyber noir at times. Yeah, like I was gonna say at times it felt it felt film noir. Also, did you guys? What did you guys think of like the the kind of soft focus vignette that was over the entire movie? I kind of liked it. I didn't hate it. I liked case. it, yeah. I thought it was a little blown out in the shower scene. Even then, if you're going to go, like, with a bunch of jump scares, like, at least, like, have some style and character. Like, while we can fault it for a lot of the ghosts being kind of generic, at least it did bring something else to the yeah. table. You know, it's it's the weird aunt who comes for Thanksgiving who doesn't have anything good to talk about, but she, she, did, she did bring, like, some really, like, tasty stuffing or something, you know? Like, the movie contributed yeah, in some I way agree. to the, the feast metaphor that is quickly falling apart anyway uh, no I, I I get where you're coming from uh, I did not I did not hate the vignette I thought it was okay the the actual like darkening of the corners I question a little bit but I, it wasn't distracting I think yeah. that I think that overall the movie, the film was good to look at it wasn't too obnoxious um yeah. No, it was comic booky. Would I guess would, not class? It wasn't like classy, but it was it was fun. Did I miss what the significance of the number four in this movie was? Because they kept popping up all over the place. I guess it's it's technically the Grudge Four. It's not though. <laughs> I think it has something to do with the lore, but I don't know. Maybe the, that's the something from the well from the other ones that we would get because like the haunted house is number forty four. The detective's house is number 14. There's the part where she calls the other detective at 444 in the morning. Oh, actually, it looks like uh, the house's number in the film is 44, a reference to the original Juon short film. 444, 444, 444, 444, 444, 444, 4. It's a lot of fours. Uh, It says uh, four is also a number of bad luck in Japanese culture due to the number in Japanese being specifically a homophone for the character she, which means death. 
Okay. So four means death. I mean, cool. I guess that's a nice little Easter egg for those who who know it. That's probably more apparent in the original Grudge films. But I'm glad that there is a reason for it because I did and notice it's lore. I did notice the proclivity of the number four, and I was like, "Why is that?" Yeah, I'm. I that's pretty much all I have to say. Yeah, I don't Do have much have else to else? say about this movie. Demian Bashir, who played Goodman, um, at first the I thought his character yeah. was going to be kind of obnoxious because it comes across as just like like kind of a flat character, Catholic Captain Catholic, but like. <laughs> He actually was was kind of intriguing and fun. Like, I wish we'd seen a little bit more with him. He kind of got put on the shelf, like, yeah. 20 yeah. minutes into the movie. He didn't really show up again until the end, and then he still didn't do anything. And, like, the whole bit with, I like, the pie were... and, like, his mother and shit. Like, I thought that scene was kind of fun. I thought they were trying to set him up for, like, a tragic death or something, because, like, he was chain-smoking, and, like, when they're driving yeah. in the car, like, he has the cough. I was expecting it to be, like, him discovering that he has lung cancer or something, so he he valiantly sacrifices himself at the end because he knows he's going to die anyway. Nothing. Nope. No, we, we don't <laughs> find out how he even feels about the situation afterwards. Nope. Like, the conclusion is really, like, it feels kind of rushed. Yep. Like, I, I just, yeah, I, I have to wonder, like, what the original cut of this movie or the original script looked like. Like, I'm I'm pretty curious I about guess that because the, there's just there are some clear decisions. Like, the last made. thing that I'll mention that I thought was a strange and ultimately disappointing decision was the credits. Oh, weird. Yeah. How they silent. Yeah. Well, they, at, the, at the very end, you know, uh, she's getting her son ready for school. She thinks she's defeated the curse. And then she gives her son a hug and we see. Her son in the background with his backpack saying, I'm going to school. Da, da, da. It's the ghost. Uh, it attacks her. She screams. It cuts to the outside of the house. And it just holds on a still shot of the house in complete silence and as the credits roll. I, I y'all, y'all were ready to walk out, but I wanted just to see, you know, if like we were going to get like a Marvel-esque something at the end. And I was just sort of hoping that maybe like... Somewhere, like, in the periphery or, like, in the window, like, slowly a ghost would appear or something. I, like, was, waiting for her, I was waiting for her body to fly through the window onto the front oh, lawn man. or something. Yes, honestly. Like, but then nothing. Yeah, and I mean, that's a, it's certainly a bold way to end your movie, but it didn't feel like this movie deserved it. No, and it didn't you know, feel like... It, it that, didn't earn that ending. It didn't feel like that final shot with the credits over it was saying anything. Yeah, it, it was saying you watched that the Grudge house movie. is now haunted. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Mm. Uh, I mean, if this curse that is a smaller, less interesting looking house, if this right, curse cool. is as prolific and can travel as as far as it does, how how is it not every house in America or in the world cursed? Now, that's an interesting sequel for the Grudge. If it spreads so much that it's a it's a you live in a post apocalypse where. The entire planet is cursed, mm. except for a few people trying to survive. <laughs> a, a sequel the where grudging. they turn the haunted house into an Airbnb. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> oh would be God. good. That's an SNL skit. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I'm ready to rate this if you guys are. Yeah. Uh, well, once again, first film of the year fails to uh, really do a whole lot. Uh, but I think we we're all less disappointed than in this one than we were with last year's first film of the year, which was Glass. <laughs> um, it was better than I was expecting. I went into it expecting uh, some dog shit. 
it was okay. For a ghost movie, it was fine. Got really generic and boring at the end, but the atmosphere was nice. It was spooky. Uh, the acting was good. Uh, I'm going to go dead center of the road, two and a half out of five for me. Yeah, I, I thought the aesthetic of this movie was really solid. I liked the color palette. And I think they do some interesting things with the approach to this movie as a whole. They make some really interesting moves uh, that you wouldn't normally see. And I think the acting is pretty solid and it's it elevates some of the material at times. Um, but it does fall into a lot of the trappings of the genre, unfortunately. And it really doesn't build its jump scares in a great way. Uh, I'm going to give it a two and a half out of five. It's not an upsetting movie. I don't think it deserves the thrashing that it's probably been No, I don't getting. think so either, frankly. Um, I don't think it's that bad. No. Like I said at the top, what I liked, I really liked. Like, I thought I thought there was some fun stuff. Oh, another thing I thought was fun was the score. Uh, I really liked the, even though, like, it, it felt unearned, the, the haunted house sequence at the end when she, or when she's, like, spreading the gasoline around. There's that kind of, like, Saw theme-esque kind of, like, music that was playing. I thought that was a fun track. Yeah, there was a there was a sample in that that sounded like Like a, they just sampled the grudge. I thought it was no, fun. No, sound, to me it sounded like a cat, like a, an upset cat. Like it was just that. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> See, that's fun. I like that personally. Okay. I think it's it's kind of it's kind of weird. It's a little you know doing something else. Anyway. Um, yeah, uh, fuck it. I'm gonna give it a friendly three. When it dropped the ball, like it, I wasn't like offended by it. Like it didn't bother me. A forgivable three. The good stuff was fun. Well, that will give. The 2020 remake of The Grudge and a soft 2.7 out of 5 pods. Uh, well, we did predict this movie. Yes, we did. we do have Ooh, results. Look out. So, uh, for those who maybe did not listen to our episode two weeks ago, we did do new predictions for uh, 20, 20, 22 movies? 20. 20 movies for this year. The Grudge is the first. We did our normal uh, Rotten Tomatoes and box office predictions, but we also did a preliminary rating what we thought that we would rate it uh so that we'll, we'll do that for bonus points yes uh so first off Rotten Tomatoes score Tease you had uh this getting a 68 on Rotten Tomatoes Cleve you had 40 Uh-oh. and I had 62 it is a 17 Oh, you got it, Tease. It up, no, you got, you got it. it. Oh, I got it. I, I said 68. Oh, you said 68? Yeah, yeah I guess oh, so I was the lowest. Yeah. I was the low yeah. baller. Fuck, yes. Awesome. I, yeah, I guess 62. Starting the year right, boys. 17. Wow. Yeah, I don't think it's that it's bad. Not that it's not that bad. I don't think it's that bad. It, it's about a 40. Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's a, yeah, I would say it's about a four, between a 40 and a 50. Yeah. Uh, but It's fine. All right, well, moving on. Okay, and then uh, for opening weekend box office, uh, let's see, Tease, you said 18 million. I did. Uh, you said 10 million, Cleave. 
Uh-huh. And I said 25 oh, million. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Come on, bring it to I think me. you might have this one again. Turns out uh, 11.4 million. Cleveland Damn, got this one as so well. So close. Ah, two for two. Yes. All right. I'm and, learning. Uh, finally, uh, we have predictions for scores. TC predicted three and a half. Cleve, you predicted two and a half. Oh. And I predicted three and a half. So I, that's Cleveland again. Three, yes. three for three. Yes. I was a full star rating off uh, from what I thought I was going to predict. 2020 is looking good for old Cleve. Yeah, off to a strong start. All right. Yes, so. All right. Well, uh, next week, we will be moving right along into... We'll be taking a deep dive. A deep dive, so to speak, uh, into the next 2020 horror film, Underwater. Uh, seen a couple of previews for this. It looks like Alien at the Bottom of the Ocean. Which could be really cool, but... I'm a little skeptical about some things. Aesthetically, it looks awesome. Aesthetically, it looks cool. I'm tentatively looking forward to this one. I think it could let me down, but uh, premise-wise, it looks pretty cool. I'm hopeful. Well, since we finished up kind of early this time, I will uh, ask you guys, we did, in the theater, see a trailer for A Quiet Place Part 2, which, when we recorded our predictions, uh, there was not a trailer yet, and uh, I think you called it correctly, Ben, that we would get one by the end of the year, and we sure did. Yep. Um, I know you haven't seen the first Quiet Place, Cleve, so uh, we won't go to we won't go into spoilers on that. Thank, because I know you'll want to watch it. Well, before. in a way, the trailer kind of spoiled. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, well, like how about that? Because like, yeah, I didn't I didn't know that the spookies look like like xenomorph roaches. I'm. Mm. Uh, Honestly, a little bit less optimistic based off of the the new trailer because it looks like they just turned a quiet place into The Walking Dead. The family's on the run and they encounter other people. And what a surprise in the apocalypse. The people who survived are bad. It's cool to see Dijman Hansu in it. Here, here's I haven't the thing, seen though. him in a movie in a long time. It could yeah. be like an an alien to aliens situation. That's the vibe I got be. off it of it because be. I, I remember hearing and like from what little I saw of a quiet place, it seemed like very subtle, very yes. came to say what it needed to say. They don't and show this the one, monsters until the very like end. in the trailer, yeah. like you see him crawling all over the place. And it's a little bit more action heavy. For, for yeah. that could a be an quiet alien place too. This seems a lot louder. Yes, <laughs> uh, in more so. ways than one. Not sure how that's going to be. Uh, w- the new uh, male lead is uh, Cillian Murphy. I always like to see him in things. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's very good at silliest roles. Stop, Cillian Murphy. Yeah. Nope. Um, yeah. Overall, I'm I'm a little bit less interested than what I was hoping for. But it could still be good. Same cast, same crew, same you know people working on it. So. We will see when it comes to that. Well, I have some movie trivia if we want to kill a little bit more time. Okay. I got a special set here. This will be fun. Uh, so we'll just go around. Uh, the The answers on the are on the back, so I can answer these questions just as much. So I'll start with you, Cleve. Uh-oh. This is a movie we watched for the podcast. Oh no, that makes it worse. Ha-ha. That the, means there's more pressure on. The the titular monster in Babadook is found in a pop-up book titled what? The Babadook. Uh-oh. Mr. Don't wait, hold on. Let me think. My friend Babadook. Uh 
Babadook You're goes so to market. Uh, <laughs> you got parts of it. <laughs> yeah, you got all the parts, just individually. In different answers? Like, yeah. Yeah. Are you serious? The Babadook is my friend. Mr. Mr. Friend. Mr. My Babadook. Uh, boop, boop, boop. Uh, beep, beep. Here comes the Babadook. Ooh, I'm sorry. The answer was, what is Mr. Babadook? <laughs> I didn't say that. No. No. I thought that was the first thing I said. You said Mr. and then you no, went you off said, on a different no! you said the, You said the Babadook and then you said Mr. Uh, the Babadook is my Oh, my friend. God. <laughs> You're so close. Oh, I, just, I have one for you, T.C. You watched this movie recently. Okay. In Final Destination 2... Ooh, I did just watch this. How does death pursue the characters? The order it escaped it, or the reverse order they escaped it? Uh, I like that question. I'm pretty sure it's the same order they escaped in, just like the first one. Maybe I wasn't paying close enough attention. Wrong. Is it reverse order? It was reverse order. I, they yeah, mixed clearly, it up for the sequel. I clearly sequel. wasn't paying attention. I just watched that movie a few days ago. That's pretty <laughs> shameful. Oh, God. This is a movie we covered for the podcast that I don't think I actually know the answer for. What is the name of the villainous character Kathy Bates portrays in Misery? Oh, I know this one. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Meaty Woman. I don't know. I actually have. I can't remember this whatsoever. Who is Annie Wilkes, Alex? Oh, yeah. Man. Yep. There you go. Well, these other I know my th- Stephen King. These other three: Storm, Carrie, Theater of Blood, and Onibaba. At least two of those movies. I hope we will cover sometime Ooh, soon. Onibaba so. would be fun to do. Onibaba would be great, and so would Carrie. Hell yeah. I haven't seen Theater of Blood, so I can't really talk on that no, one. But we'll save some of these other ones for yeah, the next episode. Yeah, that'll be fun to, to whip out every now and then. A little horror trivia at the end. Well, before we sign off, we gotta get that money. So Cleveland, who's our sponsor for this episode? Meet Robert. He's not your average guy. And he sure as heck isn't in your average family. Down at 1444 West uh, Remake Drive, you'll meet a whole new group of people to watch on this new uh, uh, network sitcom. Come on, grab a grab a hot glass of water, grab your your uncooked popcorn, and have a wonderful time with. The Grudges. <laughs> Meet the Grudges. Uh, when when you first started that, and I said, who is the, this episode sponsored by? And you just said, Meet Robert. <laughs> and I thought that that was going to be, that that was the product. Robert, Robertman, our Meet, sponsor, yeah. No, Meet Robert. <laughs> As in M-E-A-T, Robert, yeah. Meet Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to meet meet Robert. <laughs> I do not. This episode Steak also face. brought to you by Meet Robert. <laughs> we got two this week for the price of one. All right. I got that from uh, earlier, uh, Ben. You were talking about the movies, and I giggled because you you said uh, the other grudges. And I just got this image in my head of like the grudge sitcom. <laughs> Meet the Grudges. <laughs> <laughs> that would be. I would actually watch that. Yeah, that would be pretty funny. You'll be killing to see the hijinks this family gets up to. 
that would be so funny to see like just just like a, a traditional family sitcom where they're going through all of their like samey like Americana family problems, but also killing people at the same time. Yes, <laughs> that would be really funny. Oh, uh, Melinda, Melinda. <laughs> Uh, All right, well, that'll bring us to the end of this week's episode. Check back with us next week to see what's lurking around on the bottom of the ocean. Is it a dud, or is it something... That is Much not, worse. That Good. Is not a TJ Donkey Punch Miller. <laughs> he is at the bottom of the ocean, isn't he? Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, don't worry about it. All right. Um, uh, <laughs> if you like the show uh, and maybe you want to hear more about TJ Donkey Punch Miller, then... <laughs> it doesn't sound good, whatever it is. Then you can follow us on Twitter at uh, PodPeoplePod. Oh, yeah, and also uh, go rate the show. Uh, that's usually how I start things. Uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts, smash those five stars. Leave us a nice review. Smash them. Smash them. Also on Twitter, like I just said, and on letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod for the list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at DeepStateOzzy. I'm at Mr. Sheets. And I'm occasionally tweeting for at LightArc Studio uh, as we continue to work on our game. It stares back. Come and check us out. We're on Steam pretty rad have a spooky strategy time and if you buy the game for a cool six american dollars then we won't have a grudge against you and we will not haunt you for the rest of your days all right well thanks for listening uh we'll see you again next time i feel cursed at this point so i'm just gonna (laughs) i'm just gonna stop (laughs) 